morning. Thank you guys for being here. I'm so excited we get to do some more life group Greek. And so this week we're back on verbs. We're looking at some more verbs like we did last week. Yes, Ellen. Yes, verbs. Ellen is a verb aficionado. She loves verbs. Ellen is a verb, except Ellen's a noun. But verb is a noun. Think about it. It's mind-boggling. So let's go forward and talk about verbs. Now, Verbs are an interesting little thing, and last week I put up a couple of slides, and some of you said to me, can you put up that first grade slide and that second grade slide again? I almost had it down. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to put up first the second grade slide that I got. Verbs are doing or action words. Drive, walk, write, read. Talk, jump, skip, swim, uh, uh, travel, um, go. Hi, Tim. All of the action words, they're verbs. You got it? Now, here's your first grade chart. Make sure we're on the same page with this. We in English use verb tenses to talk about time. So if I say, I... Jump, then I'm speaking in the present tense. It's what I do right now. But if I did it earlier, then I jumped. If I'm going to do it later, then in English we just add the word will frequently. I will jump. And will is our signal that it's the future tense. And so we have different tenses And there are more than those three, but those three are all we need for purposes of this class. I don't want to put you like into third or fourth grade English because we all get fuzzy at that point. But I figure we're good with the first two years of a grammar school. All right. Now, Greeks used verb tenses for another reason. And that's what we were talking about yesterday and today, because our tendency as English readers of the Bible is to read that English Bible and think of verb tenses the way we use them in English. But you can't get the fullness of the way the verbs were being used, because in the Greek language they were being used for another reason. We just don't use verbs generally for that other reason in English. So one of the things that a a Greek professor would do if you were in a Greek class is try to figure out the best way to teach you what this different usage of verb tenses is. And the language that these Greek teachers used generally is called aspect. Sometimes they'll use the word viewpoint. I think the best word may be even perspective or viewpoint. Perspective is part of aspect. It's the same basic word. So the the verbs for the Greek, what we call tenses, We're not just, did it happen before? Is it happening now? Will it happen tomorrow? But verb tenses talked about the viewpoint 
from which the action is being considered. So, Miss Carolyn came up to me last week and she had a comment after class and it made me think of maybe the best illustration yet of how to do this. So here it is, Miss Carolyn. Thank you for the inspiration. If we want to talk about how these verbs are used to show a different viewpoint or a perspective of the action, I want you to think about the TV and someone reporting on a hurricane. You got it? Now, you're watching on the Internet and you're in North Dakota. Think blizzard. But for those of us in Houston... Hurricane works quite well. Now, sometimes if you're watching the story of a hurricane on TV, sometimes when you watch it, they'll show you the satellite view of the hurricane, right? You can see the picture, and from up above, uh, from the satellite, you see the, the circle of the storm. You might even see the eye of the storm that looks clear. You can see the way the storm's rotating. It looks like a, a white pinwheel made of cotton. Because that's the view from the satellite. And you can see the storm in all of its glory as a completed thing right there. The whole storm. The viewpoint or the perspective from which you're seeing it is one, in essence, from above that looks at the whole event. You with me? Okay. There's another way, though, if you're watching TV and they're reporting on a hurricane, there's another way you may see that hurricane being reported. This is the one where the reporter is standing out there with the waves smashing in and the wind blowing them. Sometimes they're holding on to something while they're talking because the wind's blowing them so hard. And the way, and the the rain is smashing down on them. And they're right there in the heat of the moment. You with me? That's the same hurricane. That's the exact same hurricane that you see the pretty satellite picture of. It's just a different perspective or viewpoint that's being given to you. It's the viewpoint or perspective of the person right there experiencing it in the here and now moment. You with me? Okay. Then there's a third view. This is the view of, basically, it could be the reporter who's totally drenched. I think that's the way I wrote it up in your lesson, but I changed it by the time I did the PowerPoint, and I, and I just had the flooded city. It's the status of what has happened as a result of the hurricane. It's something that's explaining the status. It's someone who is drenched. It's some, it's a town that is flooded. And some scholars do not like to call this an aspect or viewpoint of the verb. Some scholars do. They fuss back and forth. We don't need to get in that fuss. But suffice it to say that some Greek verbs simply state a condition, a state of, of, of existence. So the action is put into a verb tense that's stressing 
the, the, the condition or the state of things. You with me? Okay, so those are our three viewpoints. We talked about them last week. We looked at some passages. We're going to do the same this week. We're going to look at Ephesians 1 through about the second part of uh, or half of chapter 2. If we've got any extra time, might be fun to take Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, and what Pastor David was preaching on this morning and put it up here as well. And let's look at some of those verb tenses. If I'd have done a better job, I'd have coordinated with him and uh, would have used the, the same thing and we could have done Greek while he's doing English uh, in the pulpit. But that's my mistake. So here are our three viewpoints. Some of these verbs are the satellite or the bird's eye view of the events. Some of these verbs are someone who's on location, in the moment, experiencing it in the here and now. And some of these are the status or the condition. If you want to put the Greek verb names to these different viewpoints or aspects or perspectives, then the ones that we're looking at today, like last week, first we have the Aorist. 80% of the time it's something referencing the past, but not always. The aorist verb tense is that of the bird's eye view. Now in Greek, you have to be careful. You don't want to read too much into the aorist because it's also just the default tense. It's the one they just used all the time when they didn't have anything else to use. Nothing was calling for anything exceptional. Now, the on location, in the moment, there are two different verb tenses that have this perspective or viewpoint or aspect of things. And so we're going to look at them. One is called the imperfect. One is called the present tense. Okay? And then the status or condition is called the perfect tense. Now, you'll notice I've color-coded these words for us. This is going to be the key as we look at these passages. The aorist, or that satellite bird's-eye view, is going to be blue. The imperfects, the present tenses, those that are on location in the moment as we read this passage, they're going to be in red. And then the green is going to be used for those that are conditioned, the way things are, the status, the state of verbs. Okay? Now, I've got something new here. Instead of putting it in PowerPoint, I want to be able to write on it. So I've got it on the Elmo. If we could go to the Elmo and see if this printed out and works right. Can you all read that? Do I have it at a good size for everybody? Okay, good. This may actually work. All right. So I've taken out the first two verses of Ephesians 1. Paul identifying, writing. And what we're starting with is the passage itself. And I want to look at this first paragraph, which goes down through 10 verses. And as we look at it, you're going to see just looking on the screen that we've got a lot of blue verbs. Blue is the hurricane from above. Blue is satellite. You with me? All right, so blue is the, the big picture. It's the, the, the completed view. Let's just pull out those verbs and see what Paul has to say from a big picture perspective, from the bird's eye view. 
the, the, the totality, if you will. Paul writes the following. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. This is God's view. This is, this is the totality. This is the big picture. This is your satellite view. This is the whole hurricane. God has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in the holy places. Furthermore, he writes, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That's the whole perspective. That's the, that's the whole event looked at. That's the satellite view. The satellite view of you and me is that we have been blessed in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, and we were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world that, not simply chosen for no apparent reason, we were chosen that we should be holy. We were chosen before the foundation of the world that we should be blameless before him. Moreover, from this bird's eye report of the hurricane, in love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the praise of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us again. Satellite view. He's blessed us. He's now saying it again. He blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. He chose us. He predestined us. And and to the praise of his grace with which he's blessed us. Satellite view. In him we have. That's red. Red equals in the moment. The here and now, that's on location. That is what we are on location experiencing. We have right now, shift from the satellite view. The satellite's been telling you, this is a big hurricane. Uh, The hurricane's been moving in the Gulf of Mexico. The hurricane may make landfall around Houston. You can see it's a well-defined hurricane. God has blessed us. God has chosen us. God has predestined us. Now let's go on the scene for the reporting. And we get to the on the scene. This is Mark Lanier on the scene. These winds are whipping us around. It's really hard to stand up right now. We're feeling the rain. We, we, the cars, we can see cars floating down the street. In Him, right now, we have Redemption through His blood. We're experiencing that right now. I can tell you firsthand because you've got it firsthand. Right now, on the street, redemption. You have it through His blood. You have, right now, on the street, 
redemption and the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished. Let's go back to the hurricane view. He lavished that grace. That grace, let's see that from bird's eye perspective. Understand that grace is something, if we can look at the whole story, and that grace from beginning to end, the whole storm, what you're going to see is that grace was lavished upon you. He didn't just parcel it out. I need to give Jan a little bit of grace today. She had a temper tantrum. He didn't just say, oh, Brent, bless his heart. He ate a little much for lunch. I'm going to give him some grace. I ate a lot for lunch. I get glutton grace myself. He's not just parceling it out. The whole storm tells you a satellite view. This whole big thing. He lavished it upon you and upon me. He lavished it upon us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. Making known. Bird's eye view. This is the way, this is uh, uh, how we do it. This is it. Bird's eye view. He's made known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. This is not something that, that we're just seeing unfold. He has set his will forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite, again, hurricane perspective, to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. That's the big picture. So as we look at this paragraph, the big picture takes up most of the paragraph. It's the background. What really stands out is that one present tense verb we have. It's the one thing that really stands out in terms of verb tense and aspect in that first long paragraph. It's the, 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 the emphasis point in that regard. But in the interest of time, which, hey, you're here till I, I'm here. So let's just play for a moment. Because if we don't, if, if you can always read ahead in the lesson or read the rest of it if we don't get to it. By the way, since the SBC is going to be meeting in here and you're supposed to take your trash, if you typically throw away your lessons, just, I'll probably get killed for this. Leave it in your seat and write a note on top that says, gee, another Greek lesson at CFBC. What a church. Um <laughs> I didn't say that. Okay. I want you to see the way Paul uses these verbs. I mean, Paul, this is really good writing. This is really cool. Look what he does. He takes the verb, the action word, okay? And then he takes that action word and he links it up to Jesus. Okay? But the... The noun for that action verb, your subject, is God. So look what he does. God, verb, has blessed, 
this is satellite verb, us, where? In Jesus. Okay, you with me? Here, we'll do it this way. God has blessed us in Jesus. What's next? Even as he, who's the he? God, satellite view, chose us where? In him. Who's the him? In Jesus. God blessed us in Jesus. God chose us in Jesus before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he, who's the he? God, satellite view, predestined us for adoption as sons. By the way, those of you out there who are female, the better gender, I might add, as a man with a wife and four daughters, do not feel that Paul is some sexist pig that he's trying to make you adopted as a son. Under Roman law, if you are adopted as a son, you get full inheritance rights. If you're adopted as a daughter, you do not. Paul's not being a sexist pig. Paul is telling women that they get all of the same rights in Jesus Christ as the men do. If he had written, he predestined some of us for adoption as sons and the rest of y'all for adoptions as daughters, then he'd be being a sexist pig because you would not be getting the same rights. But in Jesus, neither slave nor free, male nor female, Jew, Greek. All right, God predestined us for adoption as sons through whom? Through Jesus. According to the purpose of his will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has. Who has? God. Whoops. To the praise of his glorious grace that God has blessed. Where? In the beloved. In Jesus. Do you see the beauty of what Paul's saying? Do you get the rhythm and the flow? This is the satellite view. God has blessed us in Jesus. God has chose us in Jesus. God has predestined us in Jesus. God has blessed us in Jesus. And it's a satellite view, and he's using that aorist tense, I believe, because it truly is. That's the story. That's the whole finished event. That's the whole message. That's the big picture. That's what's happened. God has touched us in Jesus. We are not the same that we would ever be if there was no Jesus. In him, now we have that one verb that just sticks out. The present tense. In him, we have. And so now we're in the here and now. We, we, I should, I don't have a different color, so I'm going to highlight this line for the here and the now. Um, right now, we have in Jesus redemption. So this is us experiencing redemption and forgiveness. 
And why do we get to experience that? All we've done is shift to the reporter on the the seawall perspective of what we've been getting from the hurricane satellite view. So from the hurricane satellite, God's blessed us in Jesus, chose us in Jesus, predestined us through Jesus, blessed us in Jesus. And as a result, if you get into the thick of the storm and you look at how you and I are living right now, day to day, we are experiencing redemption. We are experiencing forgiveness. You see the beauty of that and the way that unfolds? And this is the stuff that God, according to the riches of his grace, that he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known, and now we get back to the, the verbs, but it's, it's God lavished. He made known to us the mystery of his will that was set forth, all of this set forth in Christ. See? And we're back to the hurricane view. To unite all things. So God will unite all things where? In Christ. And that's Paul's first paragraph, if we just look at the verbs. Isn't that marvelous? Isn't it just fantastic what God has been doing? I mean, you look at it from the eternal perspective. You look at it from God, and God, God's been at work. Look, he blessed us in Jesus before we were born. I got news for you. Satan has pulled the wool over so many believers' eyes. He's got so many people burdened down with the chains of their shortcomings, with the echoes and the bondage of some old lifestyle that's imprinted in their brain, bad habits that seem almost impossible to break. And Paul is telling the believers, that's a lie. And the way we know it's a lie is by looking at what God's doing. Look, this does not say, I earned my blessings in Jesus. I chose God in Jesus. I picked God out ahead of time, told him what to do. And fortunately for him, every Sunday morning I get together with a bunch of my friends and we sing and bless him. This says God did those things, and as a result, right now, all of us experience redemption. All of us experience forgiveness. Right now, God lavished in Christ, made known in Christ, set forth in Christ, his glorious grace, his ministry to us through the cross. Because in the big picture, God unites all things in the end. That includes you and me. So God is at work. Now, all of this is leading up. You know, we, we, in the interest of time, I'm going to skip ahead. And, and I'm going to skip through uh, uh, this next two paragraphs. And we're going to chapter 2, verse 1. 
because I really want you to get it in the flow of how Paul has set this up. So Paul set this up with God's blessed us in Jesus. God chose us in Jesus, predestined us, blessed, lavish, made known, set forth, unite. As a result, we're experiencing redemption and forgiveness. God did it. 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 And he did it in Jesus. Okay? Now, in that sense, Paul gets back to his train of thought in chapter 2. After He's taken a digression. He's praying for him and, and this kind of stuff in the rest of chapter 1. You can read it in the lesson. And you were dead in trespasses and sins. Paul doesn't say you were sick, gravely ill, in ICU. You're in the morgue, dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked. That's a big picture verb. That's an aorist. Walked. Once from the, look, I'm just looking down, seeing it. You're dead in trespasses and sins. Oh, I mean, you're walking. <laughs> you are the walking dead. We were the original zombies. <laughs> you are walking in death. You know, <laughs> I can't t- use this illustration without just, I'm, it's really on my heart right now about the Christians who just need to wake up. I think about Jesus calling Lazarus back from the dead. Jesus goes in to call Lazarus back from the dead. He, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus is already wrapped in his grave clothes. And he comes out, and do you know what Jesus tells the people? Unwrap him. We got so many Christians that Jesus has called back from the dead who are walking around in their grave clothes. Smelly. And looking half dead because they're still walking in the sins and trespasses that we've been set loose from. Paul says, big picture, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Following the course of this world, Looking and living no differently. Following the prince of the power of the air. Don't think this world. I mean, it's the Bob Dylan syndrome. You got to serve somebody. You know, you remember that song? Thump, 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 thump. I won't make you hear. You might be an ambassador to England or France. You might like to gamble. You might like to dance. You might be the heavyweight champion of the world. Or you might be a socialite with a long string of pearls. But you're going to have to serve somebody. Thank you, Bob. It might be the devil or it might be the Lord. But you're going to have to serve somebody. Um... (laughs) Yeah, I miss my calling. Bob Dylan impersonator. Thank you. That's really big. That's up there with Elvis. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Okay. You're following somebody. We were dead. We were walking. We were following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is at work right now. 
He's not gone. He's still working. In the sons of disobedience, you can see it. This is on the scene reporting, people. The waves are coming over the seawall. The wind is tearing my microphone from me. I'm being pelted by rain. He is still at work. You can see it right now. Experience it right now. Report on it right now in the sons of disobedience. But get the big picture, Paul says, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. Remember what it was like? Carrying out, now he's back to the present tense. He's back to the idea of just remember, remember what it was like standing in that rain. Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he, big picture, loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses. Big picture made us alive together with Christ. That's the real story. That's the satellite view. And if you're living in that moment where you feel like you're just being carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, then you're missing the big picture that he's called us out of that because he's loved us. And even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. Now, that's our first green word, saved. By grace, you've been saved. That's your status. You live as someone who's been saved. You have the status of someone redeemed by the Lord. That's what you've got. Because he raised us up. Big picture again. He seated us with Christ in the heavenly places. These are still, Paul, using that same pattern. God raised us up. To seat us with Christ. God made us alive with Christ. Do you see this pattern Paul writes in? Do you see how he says it's Christ, uh, God doing it and doing it in Christ? Whoops, I can't spell, but I got it in my brain. So that in the coming ages, that means every day, minute by minute, what man on the street reporting, in the coming ages, he might show immeasurable riches. This is on the scene reporting. Immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ. For by grace you've been saved through faith. Green words. This is our status. He just said it before. Use the status. He seated us Together with Christ, by grace you've been saved. And now he says it again. By grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of your own doing. Well, of course it's not. We've been reading, Paul. 
It's not of our own doing. God blessed us. God chose us. God predestined us. God lavished. God made known. God set forth. God unites. God raises. God made alive. Heaven forbid I say, yeah, but I saved myself. I got this one, God. Paul says, no, 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 no. You see, God has done all of this. By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not a result of works. It's the gift of God. This is what God gave you. So big picture. Nobody better be bragging about how good they are on their own. You know, I've been watching these lawyers in this trial and I'm a much better Christian than they are. Really? I better not be saying that. Pride comes before that fall real quick. I may have advantages they don't have. I may have lived in a different place. And I'll tell you something real funny. You want to hear something real funny? This lawyer on the other side. F this, F that, GD this, GD that. I mean, it's just every other line. He's about 65 years old, 66, 67, every other line. He sent me this email, said, this was last Saturday, uh, said, uh, hey, let's get this, uh, let's, let's get on the phone tomorrow at 10 o'clock, which would be Sunday, and uh, we'll figure this out together and report back to the court. And I emailed him back and said, I don't get out of church until noon. So uh, I won't be able to do it at 10. We'll have to do it after church. And ever since then, all week, he's just, well, GD, well, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just kind of funny. But, I mean, he's no better than I. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, we, heaven forbid we think that this is something we, we can boast about before the Lord. We have no right to boast. And, and I just, I, we have no right to boast. Why? Because we're his workmanship. We're created in Christ for good works. And just like everything else Paul has been saying, God prepared them for us, even our good works, for us to walk in them. So that's the beauty of the verbs. Do you get kind of a little feel for how those verbs might be working? It's real interesting to look at the past. I was reading along in the Greek New Testament with David this morning, Pastor David preaching. It's real interesting to see how it worked in the Timothy. We just run out of time, but that's okay. So next week, we're going to look at New Testament puns. And this might be a week or two we spend on these. These are fantastic. There are so many great puns. It does bring us to our Greek geek cartoon. Hey, geek. By the way, thank you guys who might have read. I know some of you read Ephesians uh, 1 and 2 to get ready for this week. Greek geek. Hey, geek, what can we do to get ready for the next class on Greek puns? Hmm... Be punctual and prepare for some punishment. Okay, it was a reach. Greek for home. I've grabbed three passages out of Ephesians that we didn't cover. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. That is the big picture. That's the satellite view. You and I have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Praise God. We are not far off. He is a whisper prayer away. No, he is in our hearts. Through him, we, through Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. 
right now, doesn't matter where you are in your life, you have access to God, the creator of the universe through Jesus Christ. That's amazing. That is, I, I, I want to access that access. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, status here, rooted and grounded in love. That you, in the state that you are, Paul is praying at this part in Ephesians, praying that Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith, that you, being rooted, being grounded in that condition, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So if you're rooted and you're grounded in that love, you're going to understand the depth of that love. And that it's actually deeper than you can know or understand. So that's our Greek word and our Greek lesson for today. I thank you for listening. Can I pray a blessing over you before we go? Lord, none of us in this room have any clue what this week holds for us. But we know from a satellite view that we're chosen by you. And we know that you've already been at work for this week in our lives, in our health, in our families, in our jobs, in our homes. We know that you have already chosen us to be holy and blameless. We know that you are already working in our lives and that we are living in the moment of experience of the, your love. And so I ask you to bless my friends, my family, and those listening today. Give them, Father, the view from above of what you have done in Jesus Christ and make it real to them as they experience the moments of this week and come what may, Lord. We praise you through the access we have in Jesus Christ. Amen.